At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We were on one of those rides that it just like spins you around out of control. It's like Spinderella or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the Gravitron where you get in that thing and you stand against the wall and it spins around so much. the floor drops out from underneath you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, anyway, James got sick and um, we kind of like stepped between these two where there's like a booth and a ride, you know, but like all of a sudden you're kind of in the backstage at the fair. Yeah. It's all one thing out here, but just a few steps in between the tents and all of a sudden it's dark and quiet. Right. It's like it's like the set of an old west movie where yeah, only the facade is real. Uh-huh. Exactly. And James is throwing up on the side of this tent and I all of a sudden hear this booming voice behind me. It was the cake that got him! (laughs) It's time for our journey to begin. (laughs) Welcome to OK Talk. I'm Clinton, the Red Dragon. Draco Rojo, the BHC. Joining me tonight, as usual, is my co-host, the Stoke, Matt Stoker. Tonight, we're going to discuss something that happens in every town in America, or at least any town that matters. If it doesn't happen in your town, it happens somewhere nearby. The fair. The carnival. The pop-up entertainment spectacle. It's history, it's legend. Matthew Stoker takes us down an odd and sordid history of the State Fair of Texas. Stay tuned. Buckle up your seat belts. Be sure the safety bar is in the locked position. Get ready. You know you've been wanting to hear a little bit more of. Eh, okay. Talk. In late September, every year, a grand occurrence happens in downtown Dallas or southeast Dallas, the fairgrounds. I never really thought about how... I always just sort of took it for granted that the fair happens at Fair Park. When you think about it, it's like, that is the state fair. I mean, people come from around the state to go to the state fair, and it happens in Dallas every single year, right in our backyard. It's no big deal. Right. We'll just drive down to the fair and hang out for a little while. But for some people, I mean, it's a it's a trip. It doesn't move around or anything like that. It's always there. Home of the uh, Texas-Oklahoma 
mm-hmm. which is probably the first time that I went to the State Fair of Texas was as a child being taken to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. I think the first football game that I was in attendance for was when Texas played Arkansas in the Cotton Bowl mm. and they were number one and number two in the country. You know, like infamous games. Yeah. A lot of a lot of history there. I was I mean, we've both been this year. I went opening day, sir. I went opening weekend. I was there on the Sunday. We went um, Friday and we actually did the whole dart experience. It's really good. It is. It's really good. It's a it's a great way to go. I tell you what though. Even like I'm the worst with directions. The worst. Um, I, you do not want me leading the pack <laughs> at all. Uh huh. I will lead, but with a decoder ring of some <laughs> form or fashion. But uh, coming back, you know, where we switched trains, didn't really think about when you're in the middle platform, you know, and the trains are going. There's one on one side, one on the other. Right. And we just jumped off of one train and got on the other one. And then, like, after, like, one stop, Marissa was like, I think we're going the wrong way. And I was like, yes, according to that map, we are going the wrong <laughs> way. You know, I, I didn't even really think about it. I mean, if she got us on there, I, I just assume it's going to be correct. Yeah. This, again, it's well known. I don't know what I'm talking about. You just get on the wrong color train or something? It wasn't even really the wrong color. It was just going the wrong direction. Uh-huh. But like when we were later, we were like, how do we do that? And it was because, you know, when you're in a middle platform and you switch trains, you don't really think about, like, you know, there's a train on that side of the track and a train on this side of the track. And we knew we hadn't crossed to get on the other one. But then I was like, well, it was probably because we were just in the middle. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, when we realized that we were, we need to switch. We got off at the West End, buddy. That ain't a safe place to be. No, and <laughs> that is that is a wheels off. Yeah, and uh, and, bet- and between the stop before the West End, between that stop and the West End stop, I noticed that there were actual like police officers that were kind of like standing there and looking around, and then we got off the train in the West End, and I noticed this guy. Like, real shady looking, like, walking. He actually walked, like, across the track to the other side of the platform. Uh-huh. And so I see him coming, and I'm kind of, like, keeping an eye on him, you know? But we have to wait, like, eight minutes, you know, there at West End. And that's like, dude, Mogadishu Mile. I'm sorry. Right. It is. To the point where I'm like, hey, watch yourself right here. But just as we get on the train, then I'm I'm looking out the window and that same police officer and then like three other, not just like a dark police officer, but Dallas PD show up like two of them on segways, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming through there and they were looking for somebody. It was yeah. clear they were because ju- they, they were train hopping. So, you know, most likely there was somebody that was. Yeah. Trying to nefarious them. activity but uh, other uh, than the fact that we went the wrong way and had to spend eight <laughs> minutes at the west end dart station after a full day at the fair it was awesome yeah that's always i 
I got my fill of that living in DC. Also, so mm-hmm. many sketch times having to switch trains. That's that's the nerve wracking part is when you're switching trains because you know there's not one coming for a while and you got to sit there and wait. And I always would find myself a, a place up against a pole so no one shoves me under the tracks or something like that. So afraid of that. Yeah, I uh, I went the wrong way on a train in New York on New Year's Eve mm. after fish at Madison Square Garden. And the only thing that we did in New York City was go from the airport to the hotel. We stayed at uh, one of De Niro's hotels and ate at a restaurant that he owned. We stayed at the Tribeca Grand, mm-hmm. which was bitching, man. This place had a Bose stereo in every room with like CDs in it. And it's like got a little note. It's like, this hotel's not quiet, so don't expect it. You know, <laughs> there's music playing in the hallways. It's, But we really just got on the train and it drops you off at Madison Square Garden. You're underground and you just come out of the train and walk up the steps and you're in Madison Square Garden. Right. We actually had a suite that night. Uh-huh. 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 Big time for living. the for the uh for the fish return concert. It was big time. But afterwards, my date at the time and I got on the train and it took us probably thirty minutes before either one of us were like, <laughs> I don't think we're going the right way. We should be back at the hotel by now. Yeah. Which is weird because I don't ever remember doing that in London. And I, I mean, I lived in London and felt like their tube system was so on point. I never at any point had any issue with it to the fact where I think that if you drop me off in London right now, I could take you right back yeah. to my area. DC is the same way. DC's their metro is real easy to understand. New York, I never could wrap my head around. I know people who live there that it's, it, they say it makes sense and it's re- it's really good. I, I'm sure it is, but it's there's just so many different numbers and letters and things going on there that I just I could not wrap my head around it. So it, I can imagine that it's easy to jump on the wrong. I think the, the reason one. that London's so easy to understand is because it's spoken in the king's English. <laughs> Naturally, next stop Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> But yeah, the fair's awesome. I was walking, we were walking around all day on Saturday, and that notion hit me that the fair's been here for, gosh, I think 80 years it's been in Fair Park. I mean, um, the Dallas State Fair and Exposition, to which the present State Fair of Texas traces its origin, was chartered as a private corporation on January 30th, 1886. Right. But I think Fair Park Fair Park has existed as a as a place since the nineteen thirties, I wanna say. Is when Fair Park was built. Maybe it's always been up here in Dallas. I don't I don't know. Well it's interesting. It says that they propose like an eighty acre tract located within the modern boundaries of Fair Park. So maybe it's the it's always had its ties to that. It looks like that it. area then, but maybe you're just thinking of big techs. <laughs> My parents live real near the town of Kearns, 
which is where big techs came from. Oh, yeah. Well, it says that a grandstand collapsed during a fireworks show in 1900 and the main exhibit building burned to the ground two years later when the Texas legislature banned gambling on horse races in 1903, <laughs> thereby eliminating the fair's main source of income. <laughs> well, so that's uh, walking around the fair park. I started thinking there's got to be some sort of because I mean, there's nothing we may have talked about this earlier, but there's nothing creepier than abandoned amusement parks and right totally I've, I've been out at the out at fair park late at night and that is a creepy place when things start to shut down mm-hmm. and the buildings start to close and people start to clear out yeah and you start to see the people that are behind the rides in the exhibits <laughs> yeah carnies man yeah so i i started thinking like that's got to be a wild place at night and uh i went to look up to see if there was any sort of noted history about fair park the only thing i could really find was a uh a haunted history i mean not just history the only thing i found was a was a forum post on ghostplace.com so that's take that for what you will ghost place <laughs> ghost place it's original uh this guy and this is just a forum it's not like a a documented story this is for all i know this is just some random person and in fact i couldn't really verify most of these so he says the old wooden roller coaster the comet which i think was torn down in the in the 70s maybe the lights would come on at night and the train would go around the track so a haunted roller coaster uh lights in the fun houses have been seen going on and off and no. one of the museums is haunted by the ghost of the, quote, caretaker. The lagoon, he claims someone must have drowned there, although I could not find that story at all. But th- that ghost wanders the, the park. The only thing that I could find verification of was the, I think it's called the Texas Skyway, or the Sky View, maybe, the gondolas that run. From one side of the park to the other? Yeah. So there was an old system in place before that. And in 79, one of the gondolas got hung up. And two others ran into it and they fell off the cable. And I guess into a crowd or maybe near a crowd. This guy claims six people were killed. But the real story is only one person was killed, but several were injured. So, I couldn't find a whole lot of true haunted history there, but there is a lot of weird history going back to the the fair. I think I said earlier that, or maybe I was just telling you that if I could go back in time, I would love to go see like the 1800s or the World's Fair in the early 1900s where you were going to see some stuff there that was going to change your whole perspective on shit. Mm -hmm. Mainly a woman with a beard. (laughs) that or an electric light or something like something that was gonna yeah so wasn't uh was tesla at the world's fair in 1900 maybe i mean that sounds right i feel like the one of the main attractions was that the fact was lit up it was like one of the biggest like one of the biggest undertakings for public electricity i feel like yeah. In 1900. Right, yeah. I found this going back to Texas Monthly. 
I found this list of some facts from the fair that I thought some of them were fairly humorous. Dun, 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 dun. Fair facts. <laughs> 1887, which I think is, we confirmed was the start of the fair, right? Or 1886? Pretty much, yeah. 1886 is when they founded uh, the company. Carlo, a local dog who was famous for saving a woman from drowning, got loose, killed two rats and a mockingbird, and is finally captured consuming a prize-winning cockatoo. <laughs> so Carlo went on a little bit of a rampage there. Man, he killed the state bird. Mm-hmm, he did. That's, in some parts of New Mexico, that's grounds for hanging. Yeah. Uh, 1891, two-headed woman, Millie Christine, uh, actually Siamese twins, were shown off at the fair. Did she have two heads or what? I, I guess so. I mean, it was a conjoined twins, so okay. she had two heads. Some sort of a freak show. 1897, an 80,000-pound whale preserved in embalming fluid was on display and the oldest living Confederate warhorse made its way to the fair. 1900, Booker T. Washington spoke. In 1905, this is where I started to think I really want to go back and see some of these things because these things just do not exist in modern times. 1905, visitors see Igorot Village, an encampment of 32 Philippines in huts identical to those of their homeland. The native people were dining on dog meat and received three large animals as daily fare. <laughs> Whoa. So they just had a, a Filipinos living in a hut village on the fairgrounds <laughs> that you could walk by and, and look at. So you said Millie Christine, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so Millie and Christine McCoy... Born July 11th, 1851 till October 8th, 1912, were American conjoined twins who went by the stage names the Carolina Twins, the Two-Headed Nightingale, and the Eighth Wonder of the World. Millie and Christine were slaves to a North Carolina blacksmith. And the, t the twins were first sold at 10 months of age to a South Carolinian who agreed to exhibit the girls for pay and then paid a percentage to their original owner. 14 months after their original sale, they were sold to a showman who had the backing of a wealthy merchant and he exhibited the twins at North Carolina's first state fair held in 1853. The North Carolina State Fair was a success for Browser and the Carolina Twins. However, Brower's fortune changed over the next few months. He was conned by a Texas adventurer who offered land worth an estimated $45,000 as purchase price for the Twins. Brower accepted, sent the Twins to the Texan, and then waited several days for the deeds to arrive before realizing that he had been swindled. That's a Texan for you. Yep. Brower returned to North Carolina to relate the loss to the original owner, and he was left destitute. Um, they were handled by several different managers before being reclaimed by Smith in Britain in 1857. 
on January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation ended their slave status and they were no longer anyone's property. They traveled to Britain, came back. What a crazy life these they must have lived. He and his wife provided the twins with an education, taught them to speak five languages, dance, play music, and sing. During their time in Britain, they met Queen Victoria. For the rest of the century, the twins enjoyed a successful career as the two-headed nightingale and appeared with the Barnum Circus in 1869. A biography on the twins titled History of Medical Description of the Two-Headed Girl was sold during their public appearances. When they were in their 30s, the twins moved back to the farm where they were born, which their father had bought from McKay and then left to them. They died of tuberculosis. Christine died 12 hours after her sister. They were buried in unmarked graves. But in 1969, they were moved to a cemetery in Whiteville. How, How creepy would that have been? To live for 12 hours. I mean, who knows how conscious he was at that point, but. So they made it to the Texas State Fair. Swindled by a Texan. (laughs) The two-headed nightingale swindled. Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I like this one. 1915 female fairgoers dismayed to discover that every lady's room in the fairgrounds has been equipped with a coin-operated toilet. Uh Uh-huh. Of course. (laughs) You got to pay to do your business here. 1929, the hydrogen-filled Goodyear balloon explodes when it hits a power line, cutting all electricity throughout the fairgrounds. That's a good eight years, I believe, before the Hindenburg. Can you imagine how long it took for them (laughs) to fix that? You think it sucks now to have Encore come out to your house? Yeah. Uh, also, during that same fair, there was a near life size replica of a battleship created from grapefruit, oranges, lemons, limes, and kumquats. Kumquat. <laughs> Underrated fruit. 32, a Seminole village is transplanted to the fair. Oh, that's, that, that's got to be good. And the chief, Tom Billy, died during the fair. What? Yes. No, wait a minute. His name is Tom Billy? Yes. Okay. Interesting fun fact. Uh-huh. I've been on the Seminole Indian Reservation in Florida. Um, and witnessed Chief Jim Billy perform. That is no lie. Hmm. He performed with Fish during their millennial festival. And s- That's so crazy. There's a relation there. Well, yeah. Gotta be, right? Yeah, I would think so. That's crazy that... We had Seminole Indians as part of a fair attraction. Yeah. In which of course we killed them. <laughs> yeah. One of them one of them dies and the whole tribe is in mourning while they're at the fair because they're chief. Come on, Indians. <laughs> Just These died. Indians ain't doing nothing. Huh. Thirty six, Violet Hilton, another conjoined twin, is married in the cotton bowl. One exhibit in the forty seven state fair. Are Adolf and Satan two ghosts, uh, two goats rather, who survived the atomic blast on Bikini Island? Adolf and Satan. <laughs> Adolf and Satan. <laughs> Fairfax, Fairfax with Matt. Fairfax. And now we get into the more modern times where it's just sort of 
here's the closest thing to the the lagoon accident 1962 a lagoon paddle boat explodes into flames 12 riders are burned one critically good lord mm-hmm. why would a paddle boat explode <laughs> i don't know i thought the whole idea of being a paddle boat would be to remove the idea that it would explode i don't know legitimate philosophical question <laughs> yeah. why would a paddle boat explode so that is a good rundown history of the state fair the more interesting things although it reminds me of i i will not go on any of the rides at the fair man i'll go on the ferris wheel yeah that thing looks relatively stable we went to one of those pop-up carnivals you know that that take up half of a mall parking lot for a weekend Mm-mm. and tyler of course and we just wanted to go check it out and it was i think like ten dollars i think to get some ride coupons or something it was relatively cheap to go ride some rides so we're like well we'll try it and the first one we get into is a haunted house ride where it's just you're in one car Mm -hmm. and it kind of goes through a door and you're just snaking your way through a wooden building and i i swear to you there must have been maybe four lights in the whole thing like you would go around the corner nothing was happening in there (laughs) you're just in a dark room and the thing is you know it's cramped and you're in just a little metal box basically Mm -hmm. and it's just knocking around the scariest part is what it's doing to your back (laughs) exactly you come around a corner and a light flashes in your eye <laughs> and then, I mean, we couldn't have been in there for more than 30 seconds, th- maybe 45 seconds. We're in this thing. Carney's like, get out. I'll show you another <laughs> 10 tickets. We go on a few of these and we make our way to one that is. I don't know if you're familiar with the Superman ride at Six Flags Over Texas. Is that the one that your legs hang from? Mm-hmm, and you just go straight up. Your legs hang from, that doesn't sound like a proper <laughs> sentence. From which your legs hang? From whence your legs doth hang. <laughs> but it basically, it's basically a pole, and it goes straight up and, and down, right? With a magnet at the top that right. pulls you to the top. And they have a ride similar to this. So we say, we'll try this one out. I don't know why. I don't know why we're riding any of these rides. Was this you and Megan? Yes. It had to have been with your Tyler Connect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I... I honestly think it's because she wanted to, because I don't think I would have ever, ever have suggested to ride these things. She's just egging you on trying to get a reaction. So we get into this thing and yeah, it's basically a set of seats surrounding a pole. We get in, pull the little bar down. The bar, not surprisingly, does not go all the way down. It's connected by a seat belt, basically. But there's a good six inches between me and the bar. Mm-hmm. But I feel relatively, I can hold on to it. I feel relatively secure. So the thing starts to go up. Whatever that means. The thing starts to go up and the seat is not connected. No. To the frame. No. The seat starts to slip forward. Like it's slipping away from the frame. And it's just this loose plastic seat on this 
contraption that's flying up and down without so, any sort of regard to <laughs> to anything. Did you get the ride to stop? No. I'm like you had to ride it out. Literally? I had to ride it out. I had to I I was I was simultaneously holding on to the bar, the little chest bar. Now are you all next to each other? Yes. Okay. And I don't think hers is loose cuz they're they're sort of individual seats on this thing. That you I mean, sit in. she did it probably. Maybe. I should have known. Uh-huh. She's but, trying to off you at the Mall of Tyler. <laughs> but I mean, this thing, I don't I'm I'm sure it was not nearly as far off as I felt like it was, but it felt like it was hanging halfway over the edge. So I'm hanging onto the chest bar and simultaneously pushing back, like pushing the seat back as as hard as I can to just try to survive this nightmare of a ride. And I'm I'm legitimately terrified. You thought it was over, huh? I was like, I'm going to come flying out of this thing, and that's going to be it. And I'm going to fall 70 feet onto a three-tooth carny. Oh, my gosh. And is the I, pop-up carnival in a mall parking lot. <laughs> avoid it. A, it's such a, a nightmare. Everything. Everything about it is a nightmare. The games, you're not going to... They're not giving you anything. No. I feel like the the ball that's too big to fit in the yeah. hoop. I feel like the state fair. I mean, there's a there's a certain amount of chicanery going on at the state fair, but there's such a high volume there that I, I feel like they're more forgiving. With you know, you're gonna win something, especially if you got a kid with you. You're probably winning something. But at these pop up pop up carnivals, Mm-mm. they're in and out. Yeah, they're gone. They in a no day. Re- no regard. And they're living that carny lifestyle, <laughs> living that carny dream. They're they're on the road again. So that's interesting because my most horrifying experience, or at least what gives me the heebie-jeebies about a carnival and or fair, occurred. That was the closest I ever thought I was to death. I bet <laughs> at that moment. Well, that's good to know that just being <laughs> catapulted into the air, <laughs> loosely attached to an iron pole. <laughs> But I remember uh, at that fair in Tyler going with a group of kids. Is this a recurring fair? Oh, yeah. In the same area, too. Like the Smith County? Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, it is the Smith County Fair. It's Mm -hmm. there at the Rose Gardens. It's so many Texas State Fair because, you know, there's a football stadium there, Rose Stadium. Home of the great Earl Campbell. <laughs> anyway, we had this kid in my class, and I don't think we were there as like a school trip. I think it was just like happened to be, you know, you run into people that you know, whatever. Anyway, he was a little slow, and we were on one of those rides that it just like spins you around out of control. It's like Spinderella or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the Gravitron where you get in that thing and you stand against the wall and it spins around so and the much. the floor drops out from underneath you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, anyway, James got sick and um, we kind of like stepped between these two where there's like a booth and a ride, you know, but like all of a sudden you're kind of in the backstage at the fair you know yeah. it's all one thing out here but just a few steps in between the tents and all of a sudden it's dark and quiet right it's like it's like the set of an old west movie where yeah only the facade is real uh-huh exactly and james is 
throwing up on the side of this tent. And I all of a sudden hear this booming voice behind me. It was the cake that got him. <laughs> and I turned around and I look and there's a dude who's a, a small person, a midget. Uh-huh. That is every bit of what you would think of a carny worker, you know, yeah. disfigured, loud, and he had just like peered around the corner of a tent and he it was the cake that got him. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns around and walks you off. Half imagine, uh, you half imagine him to disappear in a puff of smoke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> leprechaun. I was like, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that ha- that haunted me for a long, long time. <laughs> it was the cake that got him. <laughs> And the guy didn't even come up to my knee, you know? I mean, I, I heard that voice, and I imagined there to be a giant behind a me. A Sasquatch standing right. behind you. I looked, and then I had to look down to see little man with big voice. That's incredible. So, while we were talking about the fair... Fairs and Tyler, stay away. It's a good fair. It's a fair, man. I don't know. I, there's a lot about it, I think, on a lot of that stuff. It gets to the point where it's cool because we have a kid. Oh, now, sure. I mean, that, that certainly changes the conversation. But you definitely get to a point where you're just done with shit like the fair. Mm-hmm. But that's a good fair, too. So, we were talking about the uh, the fair, and I pulled up, uh, somehow I stumbled onto a haunted Dallas from got from the guide. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that Booker T. Washington spoke on Colored People's Day. You did say Booker T. spoke, but on Colored People's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard <laughs> Donovan talking about that recently. Yeah, that there was a, I don't know if it was a ride or something or like an exhibit that was just like you know, inward exhibit, <laughs> and like that happened, you know, not that long ago. Yeah. Like 82, you could still go see... <laughs> not not really, but not that long ago. Did you ever go to Sons of Herman Hall? Mm, no. I don't Seems think so. like we had an event there. I'm familiar with the name, though, but I don't think I ever, I've ever been there. We actually stayed after hours and talked to the lady that is the uh, current eldest of the clan of Herman. Is it sort of a Masons type thing? Sort of. I mean, but you know, there's like a bar and then there's a ballroom where, you know, shows on the weekends. Yeah. But uh, I remember asking her there if, because it's a really old building, you know, they're on the south, south side of Deep Ellum. Deep Ellum almost ends right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk to the far end of one of those. It says here in this guide live article, it had its grand opening in April 1911. It's now a Texas historic landmark. The, the stairs, a downstairs back room and a ballroom have all reportedly seen spectral activity. It's speculated that one of the ghosts may be the cranky former caretaker named Lewis 
who loved to yell at kids who were playing around inside the hall too boisterously. <laughs> Once, while Walker, Texas Ranger was filming there, <laughs> extras having a late night drink in the downstairs bar said they saw a formally dressed couple walk in, go down the hall, and vanish. Wow. Been many stories about pictures falling off the walls, unexplained voices echoing, children's laughter taunting Louie, no doubt, and the slamming of doors. I feel like we need to start making a list of the places that we should do remote broadcasts from. This is interesting. Dallas Heritage Village at Old City Park. I've been there. The Greek Revival Mansion Millermore was built by Dallas pioneer William Brown Miller and his second wife, Minerva. People have seen the figure of a woman in the house. Children's laughter. Lots of children laughing. Yep. I don't know what they got to be laughing about. Yeah, and here's a... Uh, da, 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 the, here's Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. The Jet Building in Sundance Square. I'd probably have to see a picture of it to know exactly what... The building now houses a Jamba Juice. Terrifying. Oh, no, that's the building where the ranch is. If that's the same one. That's a very that's a very cool building. It, it, it should have the cattle drive mural on it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a very cool building. I'm jealous of them, actually, for having a studio in there because it's an awesome place. But uh, I can imagine that place. It's one of the older buildings in, in Fort Worth. This is a good story. Some years ago, a woman who wanted to live in the jet wandered around on her own and was especially charmed by the spectacular view of Main Street from the upper floor. When she mentioned it to the owner, he told her that those windows had long ago been boarded up. Disbelieving, she demanded that he go upstairs with her. No windows. Ghostly time travel, perhaps? Wandering into another dimension? Wait, she said she was upstairs and could see Main Street. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, I really like that apartment up there where I could see Main Street. And there were no windows in that apartment? Windows were boarded up. Oh. In the stockyards area of Fort Worth, Miss Molly's Hotel has become famous for its mysterious inhabitants. There you go. Who likes to lie down with guests when they're in bed. A ghost sometimes materializes as a lovely woman with blonde hair. Mm, Calling back to the bordello days. Molly is often the name given to the lead cow on a cattle drive, hence the hotel's name. Hmm. Good golly, Miss Molly. (laughs) Interesting. There's some Uh, good history in Fort Worth. This has got something about the catfish plantation. There you go. Lots. We've got a lot lot to do and a very short time to do it in. (laughs) I think we could extend this beyond. It seemed like October used to take forever because when you're little, you know, once you got past Halloween, it's Christmas. I mean, I know right, that there's yeah. Thanksgiving, but it's Christmas. Yeah. Everything especially, runs together. Especially here where, you know, there's no seasonal <laughs> difference between, yeah. you know, you just all of a sudden it's 30 outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no real transition. So. It's cloudy and 30. Mm-hmm. If it's cold on Thanksgiving, you're thankful for it generally. But, man, now 
you're not careful, it'll get away from you. We should do some of these, uh, some of these Dallas places. What else is on there? I'm not familiar with a whole lot of, I know, I mean, the Adolphus is obviously one that always comes up, but not so sure what all is going on over there. The original Snuffers. Where, where would that be? On Greenville. Okay. But they've rebuilt that. I know. I'm trying to think of where the original Snuffers was. Not right there by the Granada. Is that not the original location? That's the only one I know. See, I thought that was new. I don't know. Maybe it's just they renovated it. Yeah. Maybe it's because they built that huge patio. Yeah. Because I was just there last weekend. It it was definitely closed down for quite a while. And they... Because I went to it before it closed. And then it was closed. And I thought it was gone. But they've... Yeah, they've reopened it. They added a restaurant. An addition to the restaurant was made in 1987. Which... Reportedly pissed off whatever spirits were there. It's a good place to eat. There's also a lady in black who wanders the area. I told you about the uh, the guy that I know that right down there at Skillman and Munger, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of those older. Victorian mansion homes that are turned into apartments, you know, like quads. And uh, that he lived in one of them and said that, like, from the moment that he moved into this one, it was just things were going on, it seemed like, all the time. And uh, that I guess when he was renting it, he saw a man and a woman that looked like they were dressed in civil war era clothing outside the window. And he said something to the realtor and she was just like completely flipped out by it because she was like, there's, you know, all kinds of reports of that here. Cause these were of that specifically. Yes. Civil war era things. And that's a big area there. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of those places, you know, you don't necessarily know what you're walking on because, he said that he came home one night, bartender came home one night and walked in the front. So it's like a parlor, you know, and there's two apartments downstairs and then like a spiral staircase upstairs right to the second floor. You know, originally, it's just a big old house and they've turned it into a quad. But uh, on the banister, there was like the only way that he described it was that there was a guy sitting on the banister cross-legged on the banister yeah like uh, at the like at the first step uh-huh. sitting on the banister cross-legged with his chin in his hand like this just looking at him not thinking and he said the way that it looked to me was like he was just watching me walk in and as soon as he realized that I could see him he disappeared it was like there was like an acknowledgement in his face that he realized because he's startled, him, right? Yeah, and he stops and looks at the thing, and it disappears. Well, it's but he was like, it was, uh, you know, like there's no way you could sit cross-legged on the banister anyway. No, that's it was the, like, you know, sure. like balance there, or yeah, whatever, like perched. Yeah, but um, 
he said that place was pretty active. He and his girl went to that hotel in Oklahoma City. That's real famous. The one where uh, the guys on the Mavericks, when the Mavericks are up there playing the Oklahoma City Thunder and they pranked Sean Marion. I don't know this story. Where they were telling Sean Marion that something was haunted and, <laughs> you know, they had somebody, I don't remember exactly. They filmed this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know this. That Oklahoma City Hotel, maybe we could be sponsored by like this haunted travel thing from the History Channel or the Travel Channel. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. They should definitely give us money to do stuff. <laughs> should send us places i mean i don't understand who else they would get seems like fair thing to do i would be down for that in a heartbeat if they're listening the skirvin what a terrible name for a hotel if that's the skirvin okay dude here's a new york times story about the skirvin fright nights in the nba The roster of the Oklahoma City Thunder has championship caliber talent, but the team's playoff hosts may rest, though not in peace, with one bit player who remains largely unseen. She's an apparition, a sixth man of sorts, who may or may not exist at all in this world or the other, who has been known to play wicked defense and haunt Thunder opponents, most of whom stay at the 103-year-old Skirvin Hilton. Large men, unafraid of attacking the lane, diving headfast into the seats. Uh, Her name is Effie. The ghost? Mm-hmm. It's quite a strategic play on the Oklahoma City's Thunder part by putting opponents up in a haunted hotel. Well, I mean, seriously, who else is going to play defense? <laughs> I kid. Yeah. So, Derek Rose, former... NBA MVP Derrick Rose he and teammate Eddie Curry said they only slept two hours one night when they were assigned to the supposedly spooky 10th floor he spent most of his time in Nate Robinson's room afraid to be alone I definitely believe there are ghosts in that hotel Curry told the Daily News (laughs) weeks later Chicago's Taj Gibson said that the bathroom door at the Skirvin had slammed in the middle of the night for no reason his teammate Derek Rose was among the bulls who heard strange bangs and bumps and became a believer it was a scary night last night Rose (laughs) said a legend was reborn the Oklahoman wrote about an, a seductive maid and a crying infant roaming the halls. Oh my. This is straight up American Horror Story, seductive maid. Yeah. Dude. Look at this picture. That's inside That's the in hotel. There? <laughs> no wonder it's haunted. It's like a demon face coming out of the wood. It definitely has horns. That's great. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Yeah. Should we get all our plugs in? Yeah, get your plugs, dude. Get your hair done. Facebook.com slash OKTalkShow. What's the email? I don't know. I don't remember. Was it, uh, is it, it okay talk 
podcast at gmail.com yeah I believe that's right unless we've changed it probably best just to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter that'd probably be the best way to, to do things we have had some folks send in some stories that we'll get to at a later date yeah it's okay talk podcast yeah. at gmail okay talk podcast at gmail.com facebook.com slash okay talk show twitter.com at okay talk and then of course okay talk.podbean.com and most importantly if you're listening on itunes or stitcher or any other podcasting app where we may be existing like us and stuff or subscribe subscribe leave a uh leave a comment a good one <laughs> if you leave a Please. bad one i will delete it <laughs> i will delete it what are you doing this week same old same old same old same old work 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 we need to do something spooky radio like you were kind of talking about the weird broadcast interruption yes that stuff fascinates me I love like what are radio waves Matt and how do they work what am radio um have you ever I, have you ever just read radio the radio entry in the uh encyclopedia Britannica no I haven't man it's boring <laughs> but then like two paragraphs I yeah was, I think I fell asleep it's just hard to understand what's going on there I've just always been so fascinated like I loved the idea of tuning a radio and finding something that you weren't expecting to find or things like Russian number stations that are putting out onion <laughs> Just, just putting out strings of numbers, nuclear codes. Yeah, that can be picked up on shortwave radios like across. Shit, shit, I got a- one of those shortwave radios. I've had a couple of them that uh, had the the short band that you could fine tune. Uh-huh. And man, you could definitely, especially at night, you know, once most places powered down or whatever, mm-hmm. you could definitely pick up some ham radio and. What's going on with ham radio? <laughs> we should get on ham radio. We should. This this show would kick ass on ham radio. <laughs> it really would. Uh, I mean, it's basically a glorified conversation between two truckers via CB. <laughs> pretty much. Produced nicely. That's, mm-hmm. that's all we're doing here. My favorite thing, and it's not even a creepy thing, but it's just one of those things that makes you feel more connected with the universe, I guess, is there'll be times when... We go to visit family down in Houston, and we'll be driving back late at night. And now, how could you go to Houston and not go to Galveston? That's what I'm saying. Because we're we're at the whim of of family that wants to do other things. It's like the next exit. Yeah, not really, but it's close. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so I'll be driving back late at night and trying to find coast to coast, or as you do mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty easy down there because WOAI. Well, what I uh, what I always it. end up doing is I'll just be tuning through the station and I'll find Chicago mm-hmm. or something like that. WLS, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's KC- just one of those weird things where KCMO. But see now with Cumulus Red Eye Radios on yeah. WLS, 
probably KCMO. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. Not um, on Cliff anymore. No. It's just a real shame. It's crazy. It's a real shame. There's like two main radio shows at night. Coast to Coast AM and Red, Red Eye Radio. Mm-hmm. And one of them, if you call... And it just so happens to be a magical night. You may be asked your thoughts on Bigfoot. <laughs> Sir, I have no thoughts on Bigfoot. And that 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 should give more information on why military personnel aren't allowed to carry personal weapons. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Hey, quick, quick, unrelated. Uh, we're just taking a poll off the air. Um, your thoughts on Bigfoot? Uh, you can let John go. We're not talking after we just brought that up in relation. <laughs> my, my thoughts on Bigfoot. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really. I, I, sir, I have no thoughts on Bigfoot. <laughs> All right, man. That's uh, that's. Uh, it was just an unrelated question. Okay, well. He was not prepared for that question. <laughs> no. Well, who could be? Yeah. Especially if you're calling in anger about some polarizing topic. Mm-hmm. And you want to go ahead and talk about how it's the end times because, <laughs> as the Bible says water was poisoned to kill the Goliath baby. These <laughs> rivers, and we've just given them nuclear power. So you think this is the beginning of the apocalypse? Yeah, the sixth trumpet war of Revelation. Hey, question real quick. Um, it may be kind of unrelated, I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts about Bigfoot? Bigfoot. People make him up. You don't think it's real? No. <laughs> I mean, come on. If it, if there was a real one, someone would shoot one and see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Now, what were you telling me about the Sixth Trumpet War again? The Sixth Trumpet War of Revelation says that a war is going to come from the Euphrates River that kills one-third of mankind. Iran is on the Euphrates River, and we've just given them nuclear power. So let it be written. So let it be done. So, yeah, that's just one of those things that I always find. There's nothing cooler than that. That's how I uh, actually found out who Phil Hendry was. Uh He was driving to South Texas from Abilene. I was going to Austin or whatever, and middle of the night, backwoods, and flipping around, and it was just a a week after 9-11, and I hear this guy on the radio, and he's talking to this woman who's talking about how she she thinks that Osama bin Laden is attractive. I'm like, what the hell is this? And and the host is like, do you mean to tell me that you've started this group about women who are sexually attracted to Osama bin Laden and the woman's like yeah I mean he's just like I just don't understand it how could that be you know and she's just like well look at his nose I mean just can't you imagine just sitting on it and I'm like what the hell is going on here and callers are calling in going bananas on this woman 
And then as I just keep listening, then I realize that just slides right out of character. And it's Phil Hendry, who is doing the voice of himself and the guest. Uh-huh. And, you know, just doing it. Just we're going to go ahead and have this guest on who does this and just to get a reaction out of people. It was like genius. Yeah. And, you know, Steve hired Phil in Miami. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. They were good buds. Phil does a podcast, and I believe is in Chicago now. I don't know. He's been on that uh, Drunk History. Yes. Are you a fan of Drunk History? Yes, I am. Oh, my gosh. Big fan. How great is that? Such a wonderful idea. I know. Has Lane run across any of those people? Isn't he at Second City? He was. He's down in Austin now. Oh, he's, he's back mo- in he, he moved down to Austin. Um, When did he come back? year ago really yeah okay because last i want to say it was last summer fish used two people from second city oh yeah in, in a bit at uh out there uh that new venue that they had that's like out there on the pier so it's like you know they have like a three-day show where you're on that little like it's like that little island yeah I'm at a loss for it, but they had two people from Second City pretending to be fans that they had on stage and everything. Oh. That was a good bit. I wonder if he was... I don't know. Yeah, Clearly, you would think he would know him. He might. Yeah, he might. But yeah, he's been back in Austin. Maybe, maybe a little bit over a year. We need to get him on the horn because I need to confront him about something that I think that he's never forgiven me for, and it was leaving that computer paint picture... <laughs> what is this? I don't even know. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing. <laughs> you talk about doing hella bits, man. I was doing bits. Being a hood rat. And Alan, I was training Alan on overnights. Uh-huh. So Alan was in there with me while I was running coast to coast. But like, I was doing, you know, I I, I was doing the morning show mid through noon. Maybe Lane can provide further clarity, but he was generally horrified <laughs> because I took Wait, what was he working? Was he working the evenings or he was I think I think he mostly worked evenings, but then like Was he filling this in this week morning? he was filling in. Yeah. And it was the it was like right around the same time that he said the thing about Britney Spears is now officially a MILF. <laughs> On the air. Down to 70 tonight, sunny tomorrow with a cooler high of only 88. Currently 91 degrees, Britney Spears is now officially a MILF. I'll have details in our next news update at 2.30. And remember to listen to 570 KLIF starting at 8 o'clock tonight to hear President Bush's address from the heart of the French Quarter. I'm Lane Ingram, 570 KLIF, Fox News and Talk Radio. We keep you on top of the weather by giving you exclusive Fox 4 Warren weather forecasts. 570 KLIF, Dallas Fort Worth's official weather station. Which caused our program director to open the newsroom door and say, I'm sorry? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Britney Spears is a MILF. What does MILF stand for? It's a brilliant moment. And forced Lane to say, <laughs> What does it mean to him? A radio station that was so conservative that when we would run Viagra ads, we would we would dump it and cover it with a promo. Oh, if it was network Viagra ads, that's right. Yeah, that's one of the first things that I was told to do at Cliff way back in the day. 
But yeah, so I mean, this is a long time ago, but I don't know what he did, but I was just joking around and said something about like, you know, basically that I was going to I'll fuck you up, man. <laughs> joking around, totally joking around, but I, Alan was kind of egging me on, and I don't know why, but anyway, I took like a picture of his off the internet, but then I put it in paint and drew like X's over his eyes and like that his throat was slit and blood coming down the front of him and left it in there or like email. No, I, that's what I did. That's what I did. I, I, I kept, uh, I would draw things in paint and put them on as the wallpaper right in the uh, in the newsroom yeah to mess with the news people and i guess he would come in there and kept changing it and that's what pissed me off was that he changed it so then one day i set it to where it was him and he came in and was just like there's a picture of him with his eyes crossed out and like his throat slit and he's just like clint did you do that <laughs> i remember him being quite horrified i don't think I mean, I think for a long time, like he was really bothered by me. <laughs> Can imagine. He's just playing around. <laughs> How else are we going to have fun up there? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but that'd be interesting to get him on. Mm hmm. Did you do anything special for the Blood Moon? We stood outside and watched it. All hail the Blood Moon. Mm hmm. We, we were very awkward around our neighbors. Our neighbors down at the end of the street had a clear view of it, and they had like this giant, one of those giant telescopes out. Oh, really? Where you had to use like the remote control to, to move it around. And I drove by earlier in the night, and I saw them out there. There's like about a dozen people out there. And so I said, we need to walk down there and see if we can look through that telescope at it. And we don't know these people really. We haven't really met them, but we we're like, we should make an effort to go meet them and look through it because I just want to look through this telescope god they're going to bring us cookies Matthew and we walk all the way down there and we're like half of, we're in the middle of the block and they're at the end so we walk all the way down there stand on the curb while everyone else talks to each other and we're just sort of standing there like kind of waiting for an opening to, to say hey we're your neighbors never comes we stand there for 10 minutes and then walk back home <laughs> They're like, those are those weird people who caught an owl. <laughs> Shit, that's what we need to talk about, is the alien-owl connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those stories are... Insane. Yeah, they are. Um, but the... Uh, Shit, what was the whole reason I said that? Oh, well, our view of the blood moon was... Like, I watched the whole thing. It was just mm -hmm. kind of hazy. That was the only thing that was unfortunate about it. But it was pretty rad. Yeah, it was cool. It was something. Yeah. You could you could watch the progress pretty easily. Pe people, of course, were terrified that the end of the world was about to occur. The werewolves would rise. The dead shall walk the earth. <laughs> the story of David and Goliath where he's or David was a little uh, he was a little man uh, yes a little man and a little wee little man was he he was uh, he was uh, one of the uh, sons of uh, Joseph 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And how tall was Goliath? Goliath was around eight foot tall. Anyway, they they killed a. Uh, God didn't, but God poisoned the water in the Jordan River, so the fetuses of the Goliath women would uh, be born prematurely while Moses is waiting in the desert. Man, that's hardcore. Yeah, but anyway... And, and you're saying that this is where Bigfoot came from? This ain't got nothing to do with Bigfoot. That's, Bigfoot's only one uh, one person. <laughs> oh, or, or a fictitious person. They have they have never taken pictures or found him. That's just a, a story like uh, Star Wars. Have you ever seen a picture of Goliath? Uh, in the Bible, yes. Did he have hair like all over his body? Well, no. If you go. No, but anyway, uh, the women were, were just as big as he was. And uh, whoa! Uh, after another twenty years, the men were killing each other because they didn't want a midget for a wife. Because they didn't want a what for a wife? A midget. In other words, a woman that was four to five foot tall. Whoa! And and a man being eight foot tall, that'd be like getting married to a midget. Well, they didn't want that, so they killed it. Uh, that was at the time of Noah when they practiced uh, abortions and sodomy and and uh, adultery and land with animals and all that kind of thing and, and corruption. So, in times, it'll, at the end times, Jesus said it'll be like at the time of Noah. Yeah. And at the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's a question for you. Would sleeping with Bigfoot be sleeping with an animal? Positive view of what they want and how to get Well, I don't know who Bigfoot is. That's a fictitious entity. That's like Star Wars or Spock or something like that on, on the radio and TV. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's nothing in the Bible that says that Bigfoot was in the Bible. Gotcha. They have, many of them have the skills. So did you want to talk on the air or something? Well, uh, to put this on the air if you want, I mean, that's not a problem with me. Hang on just a sec. They can't cope. They physically could not cope. And they Are you kidding me? I mean, could it be any better, Alan? <laughs> he asked for it. He brought up an eight-foot person. This ain't got nothing to do with Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, man. London, small city, dark, dark in the daytime, people sleep, sleep in the daytime, if they want to, if they want to, I'm checking them out, I'm checking them out, I've got it figured out, I've got it figured out, there's some
lot of bridges in Birmingham. A lot of ghosts and a lot of houses. Look over there, dry ice factory. Yeah. 